Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it is Wednesday. That is hump day. That is Dr. Judy Jasek Day. Hello, Dr. Jasek. Hello, and happy hump day to everybody. Hump diddy hump. Yes, <laughs> getting over the hump. But, you know, for us, I don't know if there's really a hump day. I mean, we work seven days a week. So I'm like, I don't know what a hump day is anymore. I, th- I think you don't even know which day it is, period, sometimes, Dee Dee. I'm No, I don't. I'm very confused. <laughs> and thank God I have people like you to help me know this is Tuesday. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> I, rest, I rest my case. <laughs> there you go. Hey, a uh, couple of, we got some questions coming in today. But the first thing I want to talk about is... The newest email that you followed up with. So originally you sent out an email that was talking about uh, vaccines and, um, you know, what is the real law about vaccines? And the one thing that we hear all the time, Dr. Jasek, and it's not anything that you and I can actually do anything about. It is this statement. I have to. Now, <laughs> You and I try to help people understand you don't always have to, okay? You've made a decision somewhere in your mind that says you have to. And what I'm talking about is vaccines. So you sent out this email, a follow-up email that you said a bit of clarification. Now, why did you feel that you needed to send out a follow-up email on vaccines and the law? Well, the first email I sent out was primarily about um, people going, being denied medical care from their vet and the vet saying that it's illegal for them to treat their dogs or their pets with, uh, unless they're updated on vaccines and it's not, and it's not at all illegal. The veterinarians are under no obligation, nor do they have any jurisdiction to require people to have vaccines. Now, and a business can make their choice. I mean, you know, we have the choice to make, um, or, you know, we can deny service to anybody if we choose to do so. So the individual clinic can make their own rules. That's true. But they present it like there's this overarching law and they're just following the law by requiring vaccines. There's absolutely no law that states that veterinarians need to require vaccines in their clinic in order to provide medical care. Well, so I sent that one out. And then what uh, some of the comments I got back, um, people were saying, well, but aren't there local ordinances? You know, my city requires it. My county requires it. I'm, you know, I'm required to, I have to license my dog. And if I'm going to license my dog, then I have to uh, do the, the rabies vaccine, which is all true. There are those rules, there are those those regulations, but 
it, when if we know that these vaccines and my main point of the second email, these vaccines are causing devastating illness. I I know it with every you know every ounce of my being because I see it all the time. I look at vaccine history and it, it's just so often correlated to the onset of cancer or autoimmune disease. And usually it's a set of vaccines that creates this tipping, tipping point where the body just can't stay healthy on its own anymore. And then we see something like cancer show up. So if we know that, yeah, there's these ordinances, and if, but if we know that they're harming our pets, then we need to stand up and say, these aren't right. And you need to go to your, you know, local officials and say, Hey, I, you know, I don't believe this is healthy for my pet. You know, would you consider accepting a titer test or see if you can get, if your pet already has a medical condition, see if you can get a medical exemption. I mean, I write them all the time and Colorado actually has a state form that they allow us to write medical exemptions. And I do that all the time for medical conditions. Now, unfortunately, a lot of vets either don't know that that's a possibility or they just flat out won't do it. Um, so there are some workarounds and I'm not saying, well, just don't follow the rules, but you need to start pushing back instead of just saying, well, I don't have a choice. You do have a choice. And, you know, some people choose to just fly under the radar. You know, that's your choice. So you, I mean, how many people don't, you know, push back and don't get their kids vaccinated. They don't want to get their kids vaccinated and send them, you know, to school anyway and push back against that. Or, you know, they'll end up homeschooling. They find options, but that's the point. Find some other options. Don't go the places that require the vaccines. If you can find a clinic that will help your pet, I usually recommend, um, I've been recommending people go to uh, you know, like an um, emergency clinic, the emergency clinics, I guess they're more expensive, but a lot of times, cause they're just doing emergency care that they, they're not in tuned into doing wellness care. They won't push the vaccine issue. And a lot of the specialists won't either. So if your dog has an eye problem, you know, for example, you go to the ophthalmologist, a lot of times they're not going to question you on vaccines again, more money, but you know, you're, you're taking care of the health of your pets. So you need to in those circumstances, vote with your dollar. And as far as the local ordinances, yeah, ask if, you know, you, they would accept other options, get your community together. You know, that's why I do things like this is so that people are, are educated. What if you got a group of people together that, you know, were like-minded on this issue and you go to your, you know, county or city authorities and say, we don't feel like this is right. We have evidence this is harming our pets. You know, just do something. Don't just roll over because you you have to. I, and there just are no, when it comes to rules like this, in my opinion, there's no have to. If you don't feel like it's right, then, you know, push back against it. Well, I find it very um, interesting that the cancer rate is so high in our pets. And the, and the common denominator of these cancer patients is vaccines. But let's don't look at vaccines. <laughs> let's don't. Right. I mean, you know, we, we, they are really training the population to not look at what is true. Let's just go with the narrative that is the most common, shall we? Whether it hurts you 
your pets, your kids, eh, no big deal. Because we're going to walk in lockstep and we're not going to push back. And that certainly is the prerogative of, of any human being, right? But if you're if you are concerned at all about the health of your pet, then you want to do more research. And you said something uh, to me, Dr. Jasek, and you said, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to help pets if pet parents continue to go down this path. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because the vaccines are so devastating and they're so disruptive to the normal body function and the body knows how to stay healthy. Our pets could be perfectly healthy if we supported them nutritionally and stop poisoning them. And all vaccines are, in my opinion, is a poison. And if, if we keep going down that road, um, you know, and, and their, their bodies, their whole constitution is just such a mess from all these vaccines and they're so toxic, sometimes we can't help them. I mean, I'm seeing more and more just really unusual and very severe cancer cases. Um, I've seen a couple of cases recently of lymphoma that's just all internal, like all it's just in the internal organs. And is you don't even see like the the you know peripheral, the outside lymph nodes that you can feel, those aren't even enlarged. It's just all internal. And these pets just just crash and burn so fast. And like by the time I talk to people, sometimes like I, I really don't know. And I, you know, I have that conversation. Like I'm I'm always happy to try. But, you know, when people call me and their pets are, you know, already not wanting to eat and just very lethargic, you know, there may not be anything we can do. And the thing is, it's totally preventable, right? We always have some pets that get cancer. Yes. But, you know, we also live in, in a toxic world where pets are exposed to, you know, things like glyphosate and things out in the environment. But if we weren't also poisoning them with vaccines, their bodies might be able to handle that better. And they could be exposed to some of these external toxins, things we can't completely get away from, things in our air, things in our water, things you know sprayed on the ground, like the, the glyphosate and other pesticides and things. But if we're not also poisoning them with vaccines and we're supporting them with proper nutrition, their bodies may be able to better handle those. And I think the cancer rates, I think if we stopped vaccinating, I think our pets would be so much healthier. Our cancer rates would go way down. And I don't think our pets would be sicker. I I really don't because their bodies would be so much healthier in general. You know, this whole paranoia that there are these little little viruses just out there waiting to attack your pet. And if you get them vaccinated, then they're fine. They're not going to get these diseases. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather treat parvo than cancer any day because I can treat most cases of parvo are, are treatable. Yes, dogs die from it, but I can guarantee you there's way more dogs dying to cancer now than there are parvo. And parvo, once it's done, it's a done deal. Cancer is usually a lifelong treatment and, you know, many times fatal, you know? So I, and because I just see this trend, I see it getting worse and worse. And I'm seeing these ads for these new vaccines are coming out with quote unquote new vaccine technology. We have no idea what they're putting in, in our pets. And this is not going to go well. 
uh, pets are just going to get sicker. And like I said, there's going to come a point where there's going to be very little we can do. So it's so important. You have to change the things you have control over. You don't have control over everything in your pet's environment, but you can change the diet and you can, you know, stop vaccinating or at least cut way, 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 way back. Um, but even then I've had people that say, you know, I just do the rabies so that I keep them current. And I used to say, well, that's one vaccine every three years in an adult dog, probably not too bad. But now I'm seeing these severe like polyarthritis, autoimmune disease. Um, I see a lot of autoimmune disease after rabies shots and seizures and behavioral changes and things like that. So even that is, you know, could have some devastating effects. So if you want your pets to be healthy, you know, you really need to start changing the things you have control over, or we're, you know, just going to see more and more of these awful diseases. You know, on um, next door, and I think I maybe mentioned this to you, there was some talk about, oh my gosh, my dog's having seizures. And -hmm. I want to jump out there and I want to say, are you giving uh, trifexis? Right. Because this is a heartworm uh, and it's poison. And uh, Dr. William Faulkner talks a lot about, you know, these these types of poisons. Um, He said that even a year, you know, you could be on these drugs for a year. So people say, well, my dog doesn't have any problem. And then they they die after a year. But they found that there were over 700 reported deaths with trifexis. Mm. And um, trifexis is a flea pesticide. Okay, one of the pesticides called spinosad. Um, it's a it's a it's a pesticide that started as a crop pesticide. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I mean, there they you have to think about it what poisons are going into your dog and how much poison can your dog take until they are pushed over the edge? Right. I mean, and things that kill things are not going to be healthy for your dog. You know, like, I mean, just bottom line, these are, are, are really heavy duty drugs that are, they're neurotoxins. That's why dogs sometimes start um, start seizuring, especially little dogs, you know, and, and another thing to keep in mind with these products, not only are they very, very toxic, but they have size ranges. It's usually like zero to 25 pounds, 25 to 50 pounds over 50. Usually I think there's three, some companies do four, but usually there's three. Well, say, you know, I've had little dogs for years. Say you, I had a five pound chihuahua. Now, that five pound chihuahua, its appropriate dose is the same dose as a 25 pound dog, five times the weight, they're going to get the same dose. That's walloping a little dog like that. And like, you know, what's the likelihood of a little chihuahua going out and get fleas, picking up fleas or ticks, you know, not that likely, but that's the way this stuff is sold. And then even the next size range, so you have a 30 pound dog, well, they're, they're next size range they're getting the same dose as a 50 pound dog. So they're really getting, uh, getting walloped with this stuff. And yeah, they are, they are just so unbelievably toxic. I, I'm so glad I don't live in an area that has fleas and ticks. I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to use those products. I don't know what I do. I think those bugs would probably drive me crazy, but 
I wouldn't put that stuff on my dog ever, ever. I mean, it's just, they're just way too toxic. Right. And where are toxins, um, where are they processed? They are processed in the liver. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the liver, as you know, also you know, is responsible for digesting fats, hormone management, blood sugar management, blood building. Um, So if you have a dog who's got a poisoned liver, they're going to have a whole buttload, a whole sphincter load of problems. Right. And elevated liver enzymes. This is where a lot of these, you know, people, you know, uh, you know, and I, you know, and I only talk to a itty bitty tiny percentage of the pet parents out there. And and I see so many, you know, where people kind of wake up when their vet says, well, your dog has elevated liver enzymes. Now we need to do a, a liver biopsy. And they charge like $3,000 to do a liver biopsy. And they don't talk about what could be poisoning the liver, causing those liver enzymes to go up. Sometimes it's even just too many supplements. You know, sometimes they're just giving the liver too much to process and the enzymes go up, but they'll sell these expensive biopsies. And you know what? They keep looking. They'll 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 find something to diagnose and something to you know put the dog on a, some reason to put the dogs on a bunch of bunch of drugs. And then they just get worse and worse. And it it's just it's just so sad for me to think about how many dogs are going down that path right now. And I think there's a lot because, like I said, there's a few people that say, "Wait a second. This is not making sense. I'm going to get another opinion. They find somebody like me, but I, I'm just seeing an itty bitty percent of of those dogs. Our pets are our pets are just are just suffering just incredibly with these current current medical pro- protocols. Yeah, and I would say what you might see, uh, what is typical to see in a dog who has this type of toxicity, um, is wobbliness, vomiting, uh, lethargy, right? I was reading about this Mm -hmm. dog who uh, was a a healthy eight-year-old golden doodle who collapsed and died five to Mm. six days after a dose of trifexas. And I've had people call me, right? What's going on with this food? My dog is wobbly and he's vomiting and he can't get up. And I'm, I'm saying that is a toxicity. It is not something (laughs) that's going to be in meat, bones, organ, and fat, but, but they just cannot wrap their heads around that a vet, somebody that they've taken their dog to a law that's been established, a protocol that's been established, a narrative that's been established could be wrong, but But yet we're seeing it with our own eyes. If you're seeing it, guys, come on, snap out of it. We've yeah. got and, to, yeah. And spread, and spread the word, you know, you, you got to get, like I said, we're only reaching a small percentage of pet parents. There's a lot of pets out there suffering. So spread the word. Are people going to think you're kooky? Yeah. Well, oh, that's well. not, that's not awful. I've been living that way for decades. You know, my, my own family thinks I'm kooky, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop doing what I believe in or speaking my truth, what what I see. And I, I just report on what I see in my, you know, 35 years of practice. I'm just reporting my own observations in, in practice. I'm not just making this stuff up and this isn't just theoretical, you know, this is what I'm seeing day in and day out. And it, and it's getting worse. Nothing's getting better. And I don't see the profession changing. 
um, unless people start to push back. If you want things to be different, it, it's going to take the the pet parents, you know, boots on the ground, going to these clinics, you know, push back, you know, ask your vet. And they went, when they start to sell you vaccines, say, would you go get that package insert and let's sit down and let's go over that together? Because I want to have a discussion about whether or not this is appropriate for my pet. So you're just asking a question. They should have the package inserts right there in the box. And I bet you 99% of them have never looked at it and they will scare the bejesus out of you. Believe me. Um, they're, you well, know, they're, they're, they're really scary. You know, Dr. Jasek, if you've seen that many animals with this kind of problem, I've seen it. We're not even in, I'm not even in a vet clinic, a, right? a huge vet clinic. How many of these dogs have they seen? And if they decide to look the other way, because the makers of trifexas keep saying, we've not seen any substantial evidence. Now, we've heard that excuse so much in the last three years. Oh, we've not seen it. Really? Because I see every day young people just boom, dying. Right. Cancer off the charts. Something's going on. And if you if you don't want to look at it, that's fine. Uh, but um, if you start seeing these symptoms, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to be able to help your dog. We don't know. Um, so so uh, let's grow some, buy some balls. Okay. So the other <laughs> question. <laughs> so I want to ask this question about bone in the diet. All right, Dr. Jasek, you've written an article about bone in the diet in the, in the blends. Okay. People get really freaked out about bone. Now, there are many instances, just like in a trifexis issue, where a dog's been given a poison and they're on a raw diet and the dog's wobbly and he falls down and they think there's some sort of bacteria that has caused this dog to fall down. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, what did they think that, that, that we've thrown in a little rat poisoning with the beef blend. I'm not certain what, what, what the thought is here, but there's so many misdiagnoses. Like we've had a, um, we've seen a, is it called perennial high, uh, hernia what's it called oh, oh perineal perineal okay a perineal hernia so i want to start uh and this dog is on raw now which actually which actually means by the way next to the sphincter oh okay now <laughs> there you go it's right next to the sphincter okay so let's start here what would cause a perineal hernia next to the sphincter well, any hernia is, is a breakdown of muscle, you know, where people are probably most familiar with umbilical hernias, you know, dogs will get this little like bubble of fat at the umbilicus. Sometimes it's because like the mother dog, you know, cause that's where the placenta attaches and the mother dog will sometimes maybe chew that a little too vigorously. And then, then you'll have a little hole in the muscle and you, but those are usually of no real consequence. Cause as you see, there is a little fat, it's a little tiny hole and then just a little bit of fat that comes out. Um, you can have inguinal hernias, which are like on the on the belly, like the back part of the belly. Um, sometimes those muscles will tear. You know, people get hernias. You hear about this more and more, way more in men than in women. Um, like they lift something really heavy, and you get just a split in the muscle in your in your abdomen, and then they have to go in 
and re and repair that. So it's a it's a breakdown of the of the muscle basically, um, and probably some like genetic predisposition. You know, the dog just didn't get good musculature back there. They're not. They're not very common. I mean, I haven't actually seen a perineal hernia in years. I, I used to see them a lot more in little dogs like Shih Tzus, Lhasa, Apsos, and, you know, but some of, some breeds are bred for certain characteristics. You know, they want a certain look, they want a certain hair color, they want a certain head shape or size or something that they're breeding for. And then there's other genetic consequences that go along with it. So I think that's what happens sometimes. But a perineal hernia is where the muscles, so like if you were looking at your dog's butt, basically, the muscles alongside the anus get weak and they tear. And if they tear, the the colon and sometimes more of the intestines can actually come out through that tear and can effectively cause a, a blockage. It like, you know, kind of cuts off the circulation. You could potentially even um, get some uh, intestinal death if it cuts off the circulation, but you can literally see a swelling. Like if you look, if you're looking at the dog's butt, you'll see like a little bulge. And if, you know, you did a, a, a rectal exam, digital exam, I mean, you can actually feel that that colon isn't going straight in, you know, it's, it's going off to the side. So they're, they're, they're very, very obvious. And there is, that is truly surgical. I mean, you, you have to repair those um, surgically because usually, you know, at some point the dogs have difficulty pooping. Okay. The next question is this, um, a dog that is eating a raw diet with crushed bone and let's just say that maybe they're getting a little extra bone as well, duck feet. Would this cause a perineal hernia? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't see where that would cause those muscles um, to tear. Even, even if a dog got a little bit constipated, you know, where I've seen some dogs where the stools get dry and they're they have to work a little extra hard to poop them out. Then we just, you know, change their proportions around and soften up the stool a little bit and, and they do much better. But I, I would contend that if raw feeding caused perineal hernias in the bone, I'd be seeing a lot of them. And like I said, I haven't seen one of these cases in a, a long time. I mean, I easily say, at least seven or eight years. It's been a long time since I've seen a perineal hernia. And I, I, you know, I start all my patients on raw diet. So you'd think if that was an issue that I'd be seeing more of that. And I do see dogs sometimes, you know, constipated, maybe straining a little bit. And like I said, we, then we might feed them a little less bone, change the proportions around a little bit, but um, if that were the case, wouldn't we be hearing about this all the time? And you too, Dee Dee, wouldn't you be hearing lots of reports of perineal hernias if if raw feeding and and uh, raw bone were truly a contributing factor to that? Right. So this particular parent noticed that this dog was having issues. Okay, and they do do describe the the anus issues, just like what you said. 
And they took it into Banfield. And basically what Banfield did was just beat the pet parent up because they were feeding a raw diet. And I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. They um, did, I guess, this particular vet could not tell that there were these um, issues with the with the uh, hernia, perineal hernia. Basically, all they did was give medications and uh, say what a what a horrible pet parent they were for feeding raw. So was that a misdiagnosis that they sure sure sounds like it to me? Yeah. And, and so the pet parent even tried to go, you know, boneless, right. Which the, she said that the, the issue stayed consistent. So I think that this, um, that this dog is going to have to go in and have surgery, as you said, but what the vets are leading her to believe is that the bone in the blends are what caused this issue. Now, let me go back to vaccines and toxins. Can pharmaceuticals cause the muscles in that area to get weak? Can they disrupt muscles in the body like that? I would think, I mean, you know, you're basically talking toxicity. So any form of toxicity, I would think could affect any, any, you know, um, any tissue in the body, including the muscle. I mean, so we were just talking earlier, we know that toxicity can poison the liver and cause liver issues. So why wouldn't it be able to poison other tissues as well? Yeah. No, it's the bone. Yeah, yeah it's got to be the bone. And, you know, and she proved that out. She stopped feeding bone and the problem persisted. Now they're saying, well, this happened originally because of the bone in the diet, which I don't, you know, believe, believe that at all. But yeah, they're not going to look at anything that they're doing, that they're giving the dog that's poisoning it. Um, They're going to blame the raw and they know nothing about it. That's, you know, what really drives me crazy is they, they're, it's like raw is just a convenient scapegoat because all of the, the conventional medical community is all on board with being critical of raw feeding. Um, and they know nothing about it. That's the thing. I mean, you know, ask, you know, ask your, when your vet says that, you know, the raw is making your dog sick, ask how many patients they have that are eating raw. And the answer is going to be zero. So they have zero experience with it. So what are they basing that on? Absolutely nothing. Right. They're basing it on their Banfield. Um, mm-hmm. So I see this happening all the time, right? Where the issue comes up, a wobbly dog who's taking a trifexis and they think it's the raw food, okay? Um, a dog with a... Uh, perennial hernia and they think it's the raw food so we have to really get clear on what a toxin is and what a fresh raw diet is we really got to get clear on that and for some reason we still don't have clarity i don't know um i think one thing about bones i think dr ian billinghurst who wrote the book give your dog a bone Mm -hmm. um would 
would be um would be a great person to ask about uh <laughs> what about bones because i mean this entire book is about giving bones right why bones are great why you need to feed bones now i have no idea i have no idea what people are doing in their homes we don't know we do not know but i think that like you said we've been we have thousands and thousands of customers who are feeding bones. We have a lot of customers who are even feeding kibble who are eating bones. Not something I would recommend, but okay. Um, so we have to really look at our fears and the myths around eating bone. That's a fear of a lot of people. Another thing um, that I, that I uh, what was I going to ask you about? Oh, Supplements. You were talking about supplements. Now, Dr. Jasek, I want to ask you about this supplement. And really, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the ingredients and then you tell me whether you think, uh, and there's a lot of ingredients, so I probably won't read all of them, but here are the ingredients in this particular uh, supplement that is supposed to be a high caloric supplement for uh, dogs. Ingredients, soybean oil sugar, water, glycerin, um, polysorbate 80, uh, vanilla flavor, F and D C yellow number five. Um, those are just, uh, sodium benzo, uh, benzoate, which is a preservative, but what do you think about artificial vanilla flavor as well? Did I say that? What do you think about these supplements? Jeez. God, there's like not even anything even remotely healthy in there. Um, and I always, you know, and, and I also ask the question, why does a dog need a high calorie supplement? Like what's going on? Are they losing weight? Are they too thin? You know, then we need to be looking at other reasons for that. But there's not only is there nothing healthy in there, the, the ingredients in there, again, downright toxic soybean oil, any, you know, seed oil, your soybean, your corn, your canola, any of these typical vegetable oils are all just com completely toxic. Uh, they're just, they're just very, very unhealthy. And then sugar, why are we feeding sugar? You know, we talk about, you know, preventing cancer when we know that sugar feeds cancer. So, and, and why are we doing that? They're doing it probably because it increases the calories and dogs do tend to like things that are sweet. So it makes it palatable because why would a dog want to eat just a bunch of soybean oil and then vanilla flavoring? Like, why are we putting that in there? And flavoring, that's a, that's a word for you have no idea what that is. And it could also be highly toxic and, and the yellow color, because, you know, that's dog's favorite color, you know, is yellow. Uh did you That's know that? Hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so the way that this is being sold, and you can find this crappy supplement at Tractor Supply, uh, it's a high calorie liquid nutritional supplement for dogs, puppies, multivitamins for weight gain and recovery. And if your dog is nursing, it's 32 ounces. Uh, this is disgusting. Oh, 30 giving 32 ounces of that a day. That's that's uh 
No, no, no. I, I think the the bottle is thirty two ounces. So oh, about yeah, okay. Yeah, that's probably what it says. But um, so I had someone that is that is looking at uh, you know, purchasing raw, and their question was this: if I take my dog off the dine and off of um the kibble that is called High Pro Plus. Mm. It's by Victor. Uh, it's a high pro plus. Um, but will my dog have diarrhea? And I want to say, if your dog hadn't had diarrhea on dine, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to have diarrhea on raw. Right. All right. But this is a case of really not understanding uh, that these kind of supplements, guys, are terrible. I mean, they're selling this for puppies four weeks and older. Four, four weeks and older. And you know that, you know, you know, you know, you know, with puppies, you give them something like this, they're started on some crappy kibble diet there because that's when you sort of start to wean puppies around that age, four or five weeks where they start eating some solid food. And then you start pumping them full of vaccines. Those puppies do not have a chance for a healthy life. I think they get permanently damaged because of some of the stuff. I really do. Cause like I said, I'm seeing more cases that are getting harder and harder to treat. And I think, you know, that, that puppy's immune system, all the tissues in its body are still developing and you, you just keep poisoning it. Well, they're not going to develop properly. That, that dog doesn't have a chance for a healthy life. So I was looking in, uh, Dr. Uh, Brady's book. And again, that's called feeding dogs dry or raw, the science behind the debate. And I was laughing in, in the chapter 21 where it, you know, it says, will a meat diet provide everything they need? And he pretty much says, yep, it will. And he goes into the bones and he goes into the organs. But he says that Hill's science diet, they seem to believe the balance and complete nutrition for dog comes from, wait for it, corn. Yeah. And he said the the following quote uh, is taken from Hill's website dated October 30th, 2019, where it says corn is a well-rounded nutritional package and an ideal choice as a cat food ingredient, a cat food ingredient yeah. on corn. No other ingredient is as versatile as this golden grain, Dr. Jasek, don't you know? Well, it's yellow, right? And yellow is a good color. It's a dog's <laughs> and cat's favorite. Who knew? Who knew? And uh, yeah, and so he said, that's why you're going to find corn in most Hill Hills Science Diet uh, brand uh, cat foods and dog foods. That's insanity. It is, it is insanity. And you know how they get away with that is they they look at the like the nutrient breakdown. Well, look at all the protein in corn, but plant-based protein is not appropriate for dogs. Plus, if that corn is was sprayed with glyphosate and other chemicals, they're getting a direct dose of again um, another toxin. So they can make they can make the data look good. They can manipulate the how they report the um, nutritional content in corn and say, look, it looks similar to meat, but it's a completely, you know, plant-based protein is, is not the same as meat protein. And you're, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges. They're not anything alike. 
Well, he said that dog food companies make it a point of emphasizing that canine nutrition is a science best left to qualified experts, namely them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? right. And uh, that's why you're going to see, you know, super premium and prescription, um, uh, you know, and they have these people wearing goggles and white lab coats, showing them holding clipboards as if they measure out healthy looking ingredients. Well, as I just read from Dine, uh, I don't know, maybe those people are drunk. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're totally drunk when they when they read those ingredients and think they're good as these lab. Well, I would wonder what is it in these ingredients that they have to wear goggles? Cause Ooh. I don't have to wear goggles when I'm around raw food. I I'm not worried about it. So why are they wearing goggles? Nice catch. <laughs> nice catch. Well, uh, you can work with Dr. Judy Jasek. You can work with her by zoom. You can work with her by phone. Um, what's, what's the time frame right now where people are able to book appointments with you? Cause you are really, really busy. Yeah. I just keep this telemedicine just keeps getting busier and busier, unfortunately, due to all the, you know, sick pets out there. Um, but we're booking about depending on, you know, how flexible you are with your schedule, but about two weeks out. Wow. Two weeks out. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So you guys have got to get over there if you have questions. And listen, even if you get the, it's time to get into Banfield to get your trifexes and your rabies shots and your flea and tick and all that stuff, uh, you don't have to do it today. You can wait the two weeks until you talk with Dr. Jasek. It's not as if there's a clock that goes ding, ding, ding. Oop, I'm not protected and then something jumps on your pet. It Right. It really doesn't work that way. Right. And you're going to be getting those now because we're, you know, getting into springtime and this is a big push. And I can guarantee you, this is part of the marketing plan for all these conventional clinics, especially the corporates, because they just plan on selling a whole bunch of this stuff in the springtime. Cause that's when people are thinking about it and like, get, you know, get your pet on this stuff or give the shots. And for God's sake, don't give these heartworm shots that last a year. What if your dog reacts to that? You can't take it out of their body. They're, they're going to be sick. That's supposed to be active in their body for a whole year. Don't, don't, don't do anything like that. I mean, this stuff that lasts a month is bad enough, but don't put anything in your dog's body that's supposed to last a year. Time released poisons. Yeah, exactly. Let's just poison them long-term, not just for a month, but let's just poison them. I don't know. Let's just poison them for the rest of their lives. What the heck? Right. Because we don't see any evidence that it's causing cancer or uh, breakdown of muscles or uh, seizures or anything like that. Because we refuse to see it. Right. Well, if you don't look, if you don't want to see it, you don't see it. That's right. All right, everybody. Get over to ahavet.com. Do not wait. Don't wait until you actually uh, have to have Dr. Jasek right away because she's booked. She's she's everywhere. Uh, she's working on cancer stuff. She's really helping educate people. And so get over to A-A-A-H-A. 
aha. I always call it aha, uh-huh. but that's uh-huh. not what you meant. That's not what you meant, but that's, that's, that's just happened to be the initial, but it it's cute. I like it. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet and no, there's nothing else in it, but meat, bones, organ, and fat. Maybe there's a little tripe. If you pick those blends, um, 7% veggies in the healthy variety mix. And then we have some double proteins. That's it. You don't have to figure out what does this ingredient mean because there's nothing in there. It is pure, raw, species appropriate. You need to do a variety, guys. We don't just do turkey, 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 chicken, 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 beep, beep, beep. You got to do some type of a variety so that your dog gets everything that they need. All right, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and where friends don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.